0: This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio.
1: Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.
0: make them Bailey, gets a shot, takes a deflection, that is a fine save by Adam Smith. He was going one way, then had to check back onto his right, full stretch. It's still not clear, it is now finally hoofed away from the edge of the six-yard box. But well, that is a brilliant, brilliant stop by Adam Smith. He was going to the left, it took a slight deflection and full stretch, low down to his right-hand side.
2: That is a good turn away. Oh, it's a brilliant save from Adam to uh, to change direction as quick as he did there and, and get it away from goal as well. Corley Hales in a real 50-50 cruncher with Adam
0: May there and... It's cleared away on his far as to Tonder, or just slipped and. Gives possession back to Stockport but then it's JJ McKinnon who might fancy it from 25 yards out, and that's a great save from Ben Hinchel They flow down to his left-hand side. That was nest, definitely Nestling in the bottom corner, and that's a fine turn around the post for a corner by the Hatters goalkeeper. Corner comes in. Oh, it's really deep, right into the oh, crossbar. That's, that's a brilliant save. tip over, isn't it? That could easily have found its way in on the back post. That's in a... swinging dipper from Odin Bailey, and a good tip over by oh, Adam it's a,
2: Smith. It's an excellent save from Adam there. He's had a lot of pressure on him as well, uh, looked like he just got a nudge as he, um, as he tried to deal with that and uh, yeah full stretch managed to tip it over, It looked like that was messing him for the net.
0: Torre up against Joel Senior, gets a daisy cutter and she's cleared away, stop for,
1: curl it almost oh, into wow. the top corner, that might just off the bar. flick the bar there yeah. I think,
0: wowzers, Bailey twisting and turning. Couldn't get it through to Carl and cleared away. Here's Jordan Slew on the counter attack for Morecambe now. Down the right hand side, needs support. Here it comes from Eli King. We have got a couple of runners on this left hand side. It, Eli King still going. Slew into the feet of the Tonda. Have a shot there, Dave, have a shot. Try oh, to through. Here comes Michael Allen. finds the back of the net. Flag stays down. Morecambe score. Who else? But Michael Mellon. Beautiful ball through Jordan slew initially. David Sotonda 25 yards out. Thought he was gonna have a shot. Slipped it perfectly into the path of Michael Mellon. He draws Ben Hinchliffe, slips it under him. Halo Terrace delighted. 13 for the season for Mickey Jr. It's more and 1, Stopport County Nil. I'll
2: tell you what, Dave, it's a brilliantly worked goal there. Jordan slew to hold the ball up there was uh, was excellent. Uh, just bring it inside to Eli King and uh, Eli's done brilliant with it as well. And then to slide through uh, Michael Mellon there, it's a, it's an excellent uh, finish. There, great composure from Michael. And there we are again. What oh, a move! Brilliant, brilliant. And there's what we said as well. Uh, you know. It's how we were going to score. We were going to catch him on the counter attack and uh, that's just what we've done. We've, we've done it very well. We've managed to stay composed with how we've done it. We've not tried to lash the ball up the field and uh, we've kept it and just worked our way through him. It's been it's a brilliantly worked goal and great composure from uh, Michael Mellon there to grab an, another goal this season.
0: 13 for the season now for Michael Mellon, but great initial. I want to praise Jordan slew as well initially for keeping the attack alive and Eli King did ever so well as well. Eli King, brilliant.
2: Oh, but when David
0: Tatondas there, it was only yeah. what 12 yards, 15 yards out. He couldn't have blamed him for pulling the trigger.
2: Yeah. But yeah. what vision to pick out oh, Michael Mallon. Brilliant, brilliant from Dave. It was unbelievable. I was actually, uh, I was half tempted to shoot myself, but you know, with Dave, he's uh, probably the best decision not to shoot because he's not <laughs> he's not the best at finishing. Dave, but he's a he's a brilliant defender. So to start from Michael like that is yeah. uh, is brilliant.
0: And what a first touch from, from Michael to get it under his feet as oh, well. Yeah. And then just draws the keeper, one touch, slips it into the back of the net. Morecambe one, top of the table, Stockport County, nil. Kyle Noyle, 30 yards out, Southam-Hales right-hand side. Noyle gets his move behind that, that's a brilliant cross, it's into the back of the net for the equaliser. And it's Kyle Woodson who was lurking with intent at the back post. And we have defended ever so well up until that point. It was a beautiful ball by Kyle Noyle. The two Kyles combining. Noyle's cross, poked in at the back post by Kyle Wooden for the equaliser. On 87th minute, More Morecambe one stop, Port County one.
2: It's an absolute delightful ball in from Kyle Noyle there. It's, uh, it's, got, it's got a lot of pace on it and, uh, you know, just, just sort of deceives everyone. And, uh, Wooden's in there at the back post just to just to slide it in really so it's such a shame because like I say we've defended so well for this throughout the second half and uh we, we don't really deserve to concede a goal there but Stockport obviously uh they've had majority of possession here and uh, they've really been you know batting at the door and uh, they finally got got their just for rewards for it.
0: And it's just such a shame as the ball goes out for a throw it's such a shame Stu how well we've defended for so long in this game but it was a great ball from Noel's substitute, you have to say. One of those, the keeper can't come for it because it's no, swinging it's, away yeah, from him.
2: It's, it's too flat for the keeper to come for and it's it. It's just, yes. just, just there on a plate at the back post. Yeah, it's just deceived everyone. It's gone through with all that pace. And, uh, you know, as an attacker, it's, it's, a, you know, it's on a plate for you, really.
0: And clears that with all his might. Oh, my goodness, mate. Let's get back in his goal here because that just came back on itself caught in the wind and here comes Odin Bailey cutting in field. he might fancy this you know he tries to curl it towards the top corner and it's just wow. wide of Adam Smith's right hand post oh my goodness me I oh, thought for all wow. the world the net was going to be bulging there
2: I'll tell you what what a winner that would have been Reaction to the action this is the Shrimps
1: Verdict on Beyond Radio
0: this is undoubtedly going to be the last action of the match we are in the seventh minute of the five added
2: on here's that corner flag there Eli seems to be struggling with because it's, uh, it's, it's virtually on the ground it's blowing that much.
0: King near post, it's half cleared away. Jacob Davenport, ball still inside the Stockport penalty area. Cross comes in. Who fancies heading that into the net? Eli King. Mare. Oh, didn't oh, get his like foot pinball. on it that he needed and the referee blows for full time. Oh, and overall, just... that is an amazing point for Morecambe given the wind and the rain and the Awful, awful weather conditions that we've endured here at the Mizuma Mobile Stadium this Saturday afternoon. We thought for all the money we'd nipped all three points against the top of the table hatters when Michael Mellon scored his 13th goal of the season. 20 minutes from time in a rare second half breakaway. Slew involved, Eli King involved. David on slipped it into Mellon. He drew Hinchliffe and sent the halo terrace into Raptures, slotting it under him for his 13th goal of the season. We defended for our lives the majority of the second half, but it was a beautiful ball from the right-hand side by Kyle Noyle. Four minutes from time, and it was poked in at the back post by Kyle Wotton, lurking within ten for his eighth goal of the season, and it's on even here in Leeds at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium. And Stu Moore, goalkeeper, alongside us this afternoon. Given the conditions, firstly, a very good game of football to watch, and,
2: and a brilliant, brilliant point for the Shrimps today. Oh, it's a brilliant game of football to watch. You know, it could have gone, could have gone either way at the end there. Really, uh, both teams with big chances throughout the game, and uh, you know. Most teams really digging deep to defend, uh, Stopport almost winning it with uh, Odin Bailey at the end with that, um, that sensational effort and then obviously you know Adam Mayer with the break there and uh, we get the corner and almost nick it right to death as well so yeah overall it's a, it's a brilliant performance and the lads have uh, really dug deep and uh, defended amazingly there and there's some, some brilliant bits of play and there's lots of positives to take like I say top of the league and we come away almost a little bit disappointed we were one all draw
0: given how much possession and territorial advantage that Stockport County had certainly in the second half as well we spent large parts of it camped in our own half but we kept our shape kept our discipline they didn't really I mean Adam Smith had a couple of saves to make which you would have wanted him to make I suppose that tip over from the corner uh, probably the best one he made uh, in the second half that one in the first half low down to his right hand side as well but they didn't they were knocking on the door without absolutely smashing it down
2: yeah I think uh, it's very much like us against Newport the other week, very good moving forward, and uh, it was just that final uh, that final product really. It was um, they had a lot of the ball, looked good going forward, and then it was just that they just lacked that clinical edge. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, we're drawn against the top of the league. Stopport. Obviously, you always want to win, but I think it could be an important point come the end of the season.
0: Given everything that happened in the second half, that move to open the scoring. How good was it given the weather conditions and given how much we'd had to defend? Nothing on really down the right hand side, but Jordan kept it alive. Eli King did amazingly well to keep it and get it into the middle of the park. And David Tatondra of all people up from the back. Couldn't have blamed him for having a shot 15 yards out, but he slipped it in beautifully to Michael Mallon and Mickey
2: does what he does best. Oh it was a brilliant goal, you know. uh I think it became very evident as soon as the second half started that that's how we were going to get our goal on the uh, on the counter attack. Stockport were pushing very high, leaving themselves a bit exposed at the back, and uh, you know we managed to counter on them, but we did it you know we didn't rush it we didn't just hoof it in behind we did it with composure as well so you know like i say with dave on the edge of the box it would have been very easy to to have a shot from there but instead he's uh he's thread a little little three ball to michael mellon which was very good and you know obviously mellon did very well and the composure to finish it past hinchcliffe was brilliant so it was um yeah like i say it's a uh, counter-attacking with composure that's the way i'd describe it and given his scoring record Dave's not prolific is he by any stretch of the imagination
0: so uh, to, uh, to, to to see the vision and, and pick that pass was, was great slightly concerning of course that Michael not long after we scored had that chance as well there I think he slipped as he shot on the edge of the area so hopefully he's not done himself too much of a mischief look to be holding the back of his hamstring hopefully that's a bit of cramp and a bit of tiniest because as we remarked a number of times in the last 10 minutes, the fitness levels of some of the Morecambe players say absolutely unbelievable.
2: Absolutely, and it's a credit to the staff here, obviously. All the work we do, I mean, we can see the boys are out there running now in these awful conditions and just topping themselves up, making sure when they are called upon, they are fit enough. And you know, you see that we've had a mayor at the end there, it's the 95th minute. He's got the ball from midway inside his own half. He's, he's jumped up for the header first, he's competed for the header, got the ball, he's run from inside his own, own half, and he's ended up crossing the ball, you know, from sort of uh, from the byline up in, uh, in their half and the power of his, uh, his runs there and uh, the speed of him as well at the end there, the 95th minute just to keep going and uh, keep driving brilliant and uh, I think you see that across the whole team really.
0: But have you seen any or have you played in many games like this, you, where the, obviously you're playing rain, it's the winter, it's, it's, it's England in the winter so a lot of the games are going to be wet aren't they but the swirling wind was ridiculous, we know how far Adam Mayer can take a goal kick, one there in stoppage time world almost back to where it started and
2: absolutely horrendous honestly it's ridiculous i mean you know we always expect the bad weather over here in england but obviously being up by the coast here I've, i don't think i've ever seen conditions like today to be honest it's uh it, it was horrific and uh, it just seemed to get worse and worse as the game went on really like you said before the game adam smith took a goal kick from uh, the halo terrace end, and then he hit the crossbar down the other end and uh you know second half when he was kicking against the wind his kicks are going sort of you know 25 30 yards when they're bouncing and uh it's it's crazy because he's a keeper that kicks the ball you know 70 80 sometimes 90 yards in a game yeah. so for him to be kicking the ball 30 yards in a game it obviously it tells you how strong that wind is coming back into you
0: so we beat with the wanderers in the cup and that was a brilliant performance another superb performance today jed's gonna be
2: you would hope delighted with
0: the what that not delighted with the nature of how we conceded so late on given how well we defended I, mean, I think it was a good goal in fairness to stop but they, they unlocked the door with a perfect ball and, and a nice poachers finish but, which was disappointing more than more than anything else but we've now had back to back great gritty determined performances and that's going to give the lads so much confidence going forward down to the Christmas period
2: absolutely obviously it's always disappointing to concede so late on and uh like I say, the lads defended so well for, for majority parts of the game, but it was just that, that final bit and, you know, all credit to Stockport. They uh, they kept chipping away and, you know, they kept getting the ball in the box and they had a lot of uh, a lot of attacking opportunities. So um, I think it was a case of, you know, they would have felt very hard done by if they would have come here and not, you know, got anything from the game. But, you know, the lads overall defended very well throughout the game and it took a very good ball from Carl Newell into the box, uh, you know, uh, Obviously, to to get that goal at the end, and and Woodson knows where the net is. Of course, that's his eighth goal of the season, but that
0: showed the quality that, that Stockport can bring off the bench, and, and that's where it's not quite a level playing field
2: between the two teams. Absolutely, you see the uh, the squad depth that Stockport yeah. have got, and uh, you know you mentioned before the game that the amount of players they've got out injured of top quality, and then uh, you know when someone gets injured, uh, obviously early on in the game. You look at their bench and they've got so many quality players with so much experience that can come on and obviously you know do a great job at this level for them there's a there's a lot of uh, football league games you know in that squad and a lot of experience through various levels so um, yeah I think obviously against the top of the league for the game would you have said would you take a point maybe you would yeah but obviously when teams come here we know it's a hard place for them to come and we always uh, always strive to, to get the win
0: but overall finally due confidence in the camp high at the moment and getting higher all the
2: time yeah absolutely i mean obviously we had a we had a tough period where we uh we lost a few games but but, you know it didn't affect us at all in the changing room it's always been the confidence has been high um even when we've been losing games we've been playing well so um yeah I, i don't think it's ever dropped really we've got a great bunch of lads in there who work their socks off every every game and yeah you can't win every game of football but obviously the lads will just give you absolutely everything and you know, today is a, a good point, I think. Play like that, we're going to win more than we lose. Absolutely.
0: Stuart Moore, Morecambe goalkeeper, really appreciate that today, mate. Thank yeah. you so much indeed again. And hopefully we'll see you next time with yeah. a bit of luck.
2: Great to be a part of it today.
0: Stuart, really appreciate that. That's the uh, Morecambe uh, goalkeeper recovering from his injury. Stuart Moore alongside us on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio this uh, Saturday
2: afternoon.
3: Well, Jed, a 1-1 draw with Stockport County today. A late leveller for them. You must be so proud of your players, though.
4: I oh, was, well, considering the weather today. I God, it was horrendous. Um but it was a good game considering the weather. So to concede later on, disappointed, but take one one all day long, yeah, definitely. Have you seen weather like that for some time? I have last time I've seen that was when I played in Scotland against Aberdeen. It was just similar to that and it was horrendous. You don't want to play football in that weather, do you? But we, managed, we, we, we actually played the ball today. We passed it around quite well at times. And then sometimes you see the keeper kick the ball he couldn't get any out of his half. But It's one of those things. Both teams adapted quite well to it in the end.
3: Despite the conditions and despite the efforts, it was
4: hard to play good football, but it was a good game to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't for me. Like, <laughs> I like having a heart attack, but no, no. When, when you go 1-0 up in games like that and can see it later on, you're disappointed, but ever so proud of the lads today. They were absolutely brilliant. They put in a great shift, worked really hard. And you know what it's like when you're running into a wind like that, it ties you out. But no, they were brilliant. To listen to what we said at half-time. We are going to play deep and counter-attack them, and I thought it worked really, really well for us.
3: Talk about the goal. I mean, the great counter attack, as you said there. Uh, Michael Mellon, cool as you like to for the finish.
4: That's what you got when you got Michael Mellon. Yeah, He's a top finisher. He's a top player. It was all round great move, great ball by David to the lads' legs as well. Uh, no, as we said, we said we'd, we'd sit deep and let them play in front of us. Snatch the ball and counter attack, and we did. If you look at the goal, we, I think we had five players in our box when we scored. So we're really proud of them. Done really well. He could have had a second as well. Yeah, late on, I thought we were just gonna. I was panicking to get, get everyone back to take the one one over, but the lads went for it and thought the had a chance, so fair play to them, could have had a second late on.
3: The goal that they scored three minutes from time, it was probably the only time the whole game,
4: your defence didn't command the cross. Yeah, I, I also said that to them team's room, I said they defend the cross, is superb today, we, can, we can't complain about that. Every ball got on the end of every header, flicked it away, and just one got behind us, switched off for one second, and obviously a top team like Stockport are going to punish you. Well,
3: they are a top, top team. You, know, we, you came against Wrexham a few weeks ago, and, and that was a bad defeat that today showed how you know how far he's come in just a few weeks
4: 100 it shows how, how much heart that the lads have got and how much belief they've got in us as well we're, we're like one one unit that's what to be. one unit. everyone playing for each eh? other the vexing was just a blip i hope and he eh, showed today against a top top team that we can compete with the top at the top of the table
3: the worrying thing maybe Michael Mellon came off he looked like he was holding a hamstring jan songo come off look he looked in pain as well
4: to so be fair to jan he, he took a knock and couple of games and he plays through the pain but he's done really well he was outstanding again today michael got cramping as his, uh, his hamstring so it's not thank god it's not a pull so he'll be okay i'm sure they'll all meet the christmas party tonight <laughs> and a great response from the fans as well yeah the fans were brilliant today got behind us really well on terrible conditions uh, sang the whole time it was a great atmosphere a great game a I mean, great dif- point.
3: difficult week off the pitch but together there seems a real togetherness on it
4: well, you can see that. I, I said the other day in the press conference, and listen, what, what happens on the pitch is down to me and, and the players and the staff. What happens upstairs is down to them, so we don't want to do that with us constantly to our football. Well,
3: Jed, a great point ahead of a Christmas, busy Christmas period.
4: Yeah, it's going to be busy. have got some top games. we got Doncaster away next, and we've got Notts County not far away, so I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, as always, Jed. Now for Aaron Rawson today. Jed, what was the news on him? Sorry. Uh, no, well, no oh, sorry. Uh, On Thursday, the last kick of the game in the small side of the game, he twisted his ankle. Big loss to us, but James coming in today and was outstanding.
0: It's the Shrimps verdicts Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. Really appreciate it as ever. And thanks so much for your ears on Shrimps Live. We are back next Saturday uh, live on FM and DAB. That's 103.5 and 107.5 FM and DAB plus digital radio across North Lancashire and Morecambe Bay. For Morecambe's trip to Doncaster Rovers in League 2, so you can also uh, listen or watch, of course, via I Follow Shrimps as well. ahead of the game, I've been talking to Aaron Challiner. Uh, Aaron is a huge Doncaster Rovers fan he also does loads of online content creation with his uh, YouTube channel uh, Chal Chats he's also uh, part of the fantastic team at Look Sports Media we'll find out more details about what uh, that's all about in due course but Aaron the ideal man to get the full lowdown on Grant McCann's men ahead of our trip to Doncaster Rovers next Saturday Aaron thanks very much for jumping on the pod mate really appreciate it before we get going and talking about all things Doncaster Rovers uh, my first question to you is what, what made you be a Doncaster fan why, why Donny?
1: Um, so being from Doncaster and being a, a Doncasterian as, as you say um, I think just going to that first game at Bellevue um, I can't remember what the opponent was now but uh, I went as like a, a, a about five years old uh, with my dad and we were sat in the, the family bit and um, and I think it was just that that whole, you know, watching our team, watching the, the the goals go in. And I think it was just the atmosphere and the whole feeling of being in a football stadium that kind of just got me enthralled a bit as a youngster. Um and then on comes my first major memory was the was the Carlin Cup of two thousand five. Uh, when we beat Manchester City Aston Villa uh, Gillingham and Wrexham I think as well we were a minute away from knocking out Arsenal before our, our penalty defeat and I think it was just that that feeling of coming close to beating someone who we see in the Premier League week in week out and you know it was that kind of excitement and that kind of feeling that you get that you might not understand or remember vaguely as a kid much but They come flooding back as soon as you walk into that stadium again or they come into a different stadium, which we obviously did in 2007. Um, And then obviously experiencing the the last game at Bellevue against Nottingham Forest with that goal from Theo Street. Um, Again, that was another memory. And then seeing the lights go out for the last time, that was kind of like one of those moments where you don't understand it at first, but then looking back, you really do understand it. Uh, But you just didn't know it yet. Uh, and then being there for the first game at the the Keepmoat Stadium, which is now the ECA Pas Stadium, with that with that three 0 whatever Huddersfield, with the brilliant goal by Martin Cameron, again it just came flooding back, and I think that's kind of the whole atmosphere which got me through from the from the word go, really.
0: Yeah, we had uh, the the uh, the floodlights being switched off moment when we left Christie Park for the last time in two thousand and ten to move to or well, what was then the Globe Arena, and uh, it is quite a poignant moment, isn't it? On one hand, you've got Great, we're moving to a brand new state of the art stadium. This is going to be fantastic, and you almost forget for a moment, don't you, that how rubbish your old stadium is and it's falling to bits, but it's still got loads of memories and nostalgia attached to it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an oldie but goldie. Uh, you know, I've got I've got I've got loads of memories from watching Dog whether that be in the stadiums or having to watch it at home. You know, a, you know, at home I've got you know, memories of watching us beat Leeds United at Wembley. I mean, that was just the moment when we returned to the championship for the first time in 50 years. And, you know, it's those memories and those people that you meet along the way that never leave you. Um, uh, so yeah, this this club means more than, you know, some people some people may think that, you know, football's just a game. It's I think it's more than that. Um, I think it's it's like it's like an addiction. It's like something you can't get away from. And it's like no matter how hard you try, no matter how much the game might annoy you and put you off sometimes, especially when because I'm not the top level sometimes nowadays. Um, you just you can never stay away from football because it just it becomes a part of you and it's a part of you that's never gonna leave you. So you're
0: the ideal person then to get the full lowdown on Doncaster Rovers, Aaron. Uh, we've met lots of times in League One and, and in League Two, you've experienced the great times in the Championship, but we are in both in League Two now. And uh, is it fair to say that this season hasn't quite gone to plan or, or are you about where you thought you might be?
1: I would personally think that we are, I mean, the league table position, I think a few teams have come away from us this year so far and said it's, it's false. Um, I actually think with where we were last year, I actually think we are kind of where we might be. Uh, I think this season's probably heading for like a mid-table finish. But the reason why I don't think that's a bad thing is because, first of all, where we were last year, where we were 18th, and I still stick by this, if it weren't for Gary McSheffrey's points at the start of that season, we would have probably been near near to that drop zone. Um, I think the good thing about McSheffrey's um, time at the club was that he, I mean, we were 12 points from safety in League 1 at Christmas and he got us to within goal difference of safety or like a point or something by the end of the season. So we were going down anyway, but the fact that he stayed that close, uh, I think that Morgan game will always be a look back and just think, you know, what might have been, uh, for those who don't know, winning 3-0 and then losing 4-3. <laughs> but um, Yeah, that kind of summed the season up,
0: didn't it, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a sign of our mentality at the time as, as a club as a whole, in my opinion. Then it came to last season where I think the Sheffrey's point where we weren't playing great but we were getting results. And I think in a league like League Two where it's very competitive, very physical, very tight, uh, right up until the wire, I think that you're going to need that at times. And I think we look back on last season now and think we probably should have stopped. No, no offense, to Dennis Schofield, because he's gone to Australia now. He's with Central Coast Mariners. He's going to do a fantastic job with Mark Jackson. But for me, you know, I think we probably should have stuck with McSheffrey, in my opinion. Um, But this season, we've got rid of a load of players that, I mean, let's be honest, not the fans weren't happy with, or some of the fans weren't happy with some of them. A lot of the fans weren't happy with a lot of them. Um, So we moved quite a lot on. We moved quite a lot in. We changed our recruitment strategy. We went for a specific style of player uh, from a specific division, specific divisions. Um, we changed our culture around the club. We, we we improved in a lot of areas off the field as well as on the field. Um, and I think for the first year of a rebuild, I think a mid-table finishing league two, progressing an extra round in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, get as far as we can in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, and to say that we took a Premier League Everton to the limit, and only oh, just lost that game in the Carabao Cup, and took Peterborough United to the limit in the FA Cup a top six league one team. I can be nothing but proud of them, lads. Yes, there's, you know, moments in games where it's not really overall defensive performances, it's individual defensive mistakes. And there's individual uh, moments that cost us goals most of the time, Um, mainly from set pieces, but we have the odd, you know, mistakes at the back here and there. But I think that overall as a team, performance levels have been much improved from last season and the season before that. So I think it's a gradual process. I would say this year is not our year. I think maybe next season or the season after could be around about our time, potentially, depending on what we're doing January in January and the summer next year. But I think we're around about where I think we all we, we might be, just because I think there's teams right now who have two, three years together and have had more to deliver that process. I think we're at the start of where other teams are now. I think the likes of Barrow. Obviously, Wrexham's an odd one out because of the money they've spent. I think the likes of Stockport, I think the likes of Barrow, they've had a few years together where they're gelling together nicely, they're bringing the process across. Crew have had a year where they've had to rethink and go again. They've brought a lot of their academy prospects through again and they've delivered that same youth system. Grimsby, obviously, have got David Artel. I think their process will start fully next season, where I think they're going to be in a position where they're going to start building on this season's finish and start a build-up from there. And I think there's there's clubs that have obviously missed out on that process and have constantly had to keep changing processes, which is why they're lower down. But I think we're at that start of that process where other teams are now. And I think in a couple of years' time, next year, season after, might potentially be our year. Because I would rather take two years of getting it right and getting it stable so we can go back into League one and keeping it stable for a good few years rather than go straight up and go straight back down again because there is no process in that.
0: So in terms of Grant McCann then, Aaron, is he the same manager when he left you four years ago to now, or has he has he evolved in his coaching style
1: at all? I think he has. I think he has. The majority of the time we we played under him the first time round was a 4-3-3. Uh, I think formation straight away has already changed because you see him going with the 3-5-2, 3-4-1-2. Uh, you see him adapting with the 4-3-3. Sometimes he might go for a 4-2-3-1 sometimes on the other occasion. So he is adapting more than he was. Um, I think this is a big change for the And the reason why I say it's a, a big change is because the first spell he was taking over from the foundations built by the current Peterborough United manager, Darren Ferguson, uh, when he left the club for, for, for reasons that I'm sure he explained in his interview uh, a while back. And, you know, Grant McCann was taking over from Fergie's foundation, sprinkling that extra bit of uh, magic and potential trophy dust over it um, and trying to go as far as possible. And of course, we'll all in that semi-final. What um, McCann's doing now in the second spell is actually building the foundations himself as well as sprinkling that magic over the top of it. So McCann's got a bigger job on his hands in the first time round, especially from where we were a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I think there was a post yesterday from a Rovers fan. I think there was a team sheet yesterday when we lost against Oxford uh, a year ago today. Sorry, two years ago today. And we had players in there that were just not reaching the levels compared to some of the players that we've got now. Um, And what Grant McCann's done is had to build the foundations with a brand new core. And then in January and next summer, he's going to have to build off that core and bring in that extra bit of quality that's going to push the club forward an extra step so it's a bigger job and what he's had to do is had to evolve he's had to adapt he's had to learn lead two because you know we know grant mccann's a fantastic manager but he's never managed in lead two before so this has been a learning curve for grant and cliff the assistant cliff burn as well as um some of the other people that brought in i mean we just brought in a brand new head of medical um uh, this week uh who's was recently at bristol city and Kirsten ashton but he's got loads of experience at Leicester City he was part of the medical staff when Leicester City won the Premier League so we've improved in the quality of recruitment of our staff as well uh, we've kept some of the people there that were at the core value of what we're trying to do I think Matt Hawkhead, who's part of the kit department kit man brilliant bloke um, you know you've got other people at, this, at, the, at the club as well uh, from all different departments that are still part of that core we've also brought in new staff on the media side the marketing side the development side the staff side of it on the pitch and what Grant's had to do is build that team around him, a feel-good-together team on and off the pitch that's going to come together. So Grant McHann's to really adapt and learn this league and learn what teams are going to do. And I I, I expected bumps a lot that way. I knew there were some teams looking at the lineups thinking, we, ain't, we we may not have a cat and else chance against these some of these teams. I mean, people, teams like Stockport, for example. You know, the fact that we, we, well, we just lost that game, um, in the last 15, 20 minutes or whatever. I think it was nil-nil for a long time. You know, the fact that we can go up against Stockport and only take them to a certain amount of time, you know, yes, it wasn't great the way we conceded but I was still proud of the lads. Uh, and there's teams in there that we, you know, Wrexham, we, we deserve to get something out of Wrexham. I think that Wrexham spent all that money and we should have got at least a draw out of that game shows where we've come in the short space of time. Uh, especially from last season when we looked like we were going to get turned over by every single opposition in the league. So for me, I think that Grant's had to adapt, he's had to evolve, he's had to really dig deep and to find that inner something that maybe we hadn't seen for a good couple of seasons now at the club. And we're starting to find that it's just getting it on a more consistent basis. But in a league like League Two, it's very, very difficult.
0: And that's the key point, I think, Aaron, isn't it? There's a difference between being successful in League 2. You have to approach it differently to being successful in League 1. And just because you've been successful in League 1 and in the Championship, as as Grant McCann has, there's no guarantee you're going to be successful in League 2. You'd think it would automatically follow being the division down, wouldn't you? But it's it's hard to put your finger on it, isn't it? It's different in so many ways.
1: There's no divine right to win any division. You've got to earn it. Um, and I think that's what Stockport are doing right now. That's what Barrow are congesting for. That's what, I mean, you know, people might not like the Hollywood story at Wrexham sometimes, but I give them credit. They've spent money, the owners are about the community and what they're, they're constructing their new stand at the moment in the South. You know, they're improving the club bit by bit, step by step. And what they've done is they've built this team over a considerable period of time with the money they've invested. And they brought in players that are just too good for League Two at the moment. And what they're doing is they're building a structure that's going to get them within championship to premier league level within within a decade of operation so rex and fair play to them they're spending their money you know they might, people might say they're splashing it out for no reason but i think they're spending it quite wisely um stockport they've been together for a good few years under dave challoner the old file manager they've just been building from strength to strength they've got a brilliant squad um barrow barrow's a perfect example of you might not have the biggest budget but you can damn sure do a good job and that's what pete Wilde's done uh, and I'll be honest, and I'll, I'll sit here on the podcast and I'll be honest, I think when Wellens got sacked from us, Pete Wow was one of the guys that I wanted. He, he was the the main guy I wanted to take his over because I know what he's capable of. And I think we're seeing it at Barrow right now. Um, and the way they keep building as a club and the way they keep maturing as an organisation and the way they're maturing to this football league organisation rather than just a non-league organisation. And the way that Barrow has revolutionised and evolutionized over the past few years has been remarkable to watch. Um, so there's teams there that have got no divine right to win things but what they're doing is they're earning it and they're earning it on the pitch they're earning it with their community work off the pitch and they're earning it through good ownership look at Reading in League One for example they have, you know with the size of the club and where they were 10 years ago people would look at that on paper and think they should be going down to League Two well they are because they're currently they're owned and ran like no short word of disgrace and they ran like an embarrassment because of the money they've wasted in previous years and what they've done is that the owner has not reinvested that money and has put in money and so the owner is putting that club into a farcical situation that's the difference between someone who's got an, an earning to win things rather than a divine right to win things
0: let's look at the game then Aaron if we may and um, tell us everything we need to know then about Grant McCann current Doncaster Rovers team likely lineup formation. You've always mentioned it's three at the back. And um, wants to watch. What do we need to know?
1: Um so first of all, someone I think who deserves a mention is Lewis Jones in goal. Um he's been I think he's our longest serving player now or with the likes of Tom Anderson. Um Louis Jones is youth academy born and bred born and bred goalkeeper from Doncaster um local lad. He Hasn't been given much of an opportunity, but this season when Lawler got injured, he got his opportunity and my word is he got it. Yes, there's been some leaky goals at times, but that's due to the defence, in my opinion, not the goalkeeper. Yes, a couple of goals the goalkeeper could do better on, but I'm willing to give Lewis Jones time because he's really coming of age this season. He's really um, earning that number one shirt. But to be fair to Lawler, he did well in uh, in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy knockout stage on Tuesday night, so... For me, I feel like either goalkeeper could be a threat, uh, so more people need to put their shooting boots on for Jones or Lawler. Um, Owen Bailey, in my opinion, has been the signing of the season. Um, I didn't have him on my recruitment list, but fair play. Owen Bailey's been a fantastic signing. Uh, he's kind of like the hybrid player. He's like the, he's like the John Stones of the team, the centre-back, centre-defensive midfield. Um, he can operate in both efficiencies. He's got an attacking mind as a defender as well, always looks to play it forward always get stuck in, always stable in, in one-on-one situations. Um, for me, in the midfield, I think that uh, Ben Close is a great player. Uh, I think Harrison Biggins has got the opportunity to really stake a claim. I think Westbrook's been staking a claim as well. Uh, I think Broadbent's a future star. There's a reason why we got him from Sheffield United. Um, he's just this future star, and I think we can give him more of a pathway. But, um, We've got some quick attacking players. We've got Luke Molyneux, who's just been a different beast this season. Uh, And I think it took a manager like McCann to unlock that attacking potential on Molyneux uh, that we saw at Hartley Pool a couple of seasons ago. So I think that Molyneux's got this attacking edge about him where he just, he has this directness, he has this real bestiality about him that just likes to take players on and he likes to take people on. He's not afraid to take people on, cut inside. Make off shots. The, sh- the goal that he scored on Tuesday night in the Bristol Street Motors knockout stage was an absolute beauty. Just, just goes in direct, cuts inside, and just belts it out of the box. Uh, Carl Hurst, very underrated player, in my opinion. Came from Birmingham. Um, very underrated, in my opinion. I think he's got this quick, agile pace about him. Uh, he likes to take players on, he can be adaptable as a number 10. Um, I think up front could be problems as well. I think Joe Ironside and Mo Fowl up front together are causing massive, massive problems this season so far. Um, it's not the biggest amount of problems, but they're causing problems. I think Mo Fowl's the one I pick out of the two. I think Ironside's a great hold-up striker. I was surprised we got him from Cambridge because I think the World League one interesting Ironside, so it was amazing to see him come in. But um, Mo Fowl for me, is the one out of the two at the minute. I think that him being 20 years old, on loan from West Brom, They've got a bit of a dilemma at the minute with West Brom. Is he going to come back, go back to West Brom and get loaned out to League One in January? Are we going to keep him for the rest of the season? I'm hopeful we're going to keep him for the rest of the season. It sounds promising at the moment. Um, six foot five, tall, energetic, mobile. You wouldn't expect that much pace in a in a tall striker. He, he's strong. Don't get me wrong. He's a very strong striker, but you would expect less pace in a more target man striker. He, The best way i describe Mo Fowle is a raw Elijah Adebayo. I think he's got that kind of mould of an Adebayo at Luton type striker, but he's very raw and still needs time. We allowed him that time after the first few games, and he's just flourished ever since. Um, and he loves the damp club. It, the, the main thing I love about the group the of players this season is they're actually proud to wear the badge, and I think that's a, the fantastic thing about it. The thing is with previous group of players over the last couple of seasons is there's been players in there that just haven't been good enough to reach the levels of what we need to to succeed in that season. Nowadays, we've got a group of players that are all laughing, having a joke about, they love the place, they love the fans. Uh, don't get me wrong, the the previous group of players, where there were players that just weren't good enough, they were still nice people, but... They just weren't turning up consistently on the pitch every week. The performance levels of these group of players right now are just consistently going up week after week after week. Sometimes the results aren't going to come. That's football. We just have to make do with it. But the performance levels have improved by a light year this year. And there are players in there that could generally turn up at any given moment. So I think there's a few specific names in there. But I think overall, I think think we could have the majority of the ball in this game. Uh, it all depends how Morecambe approach it, but I think that, you know, we'll definitely get a fair few chances away. It's just all about putting those chances in the back of the net and shoring it up with the backs. If we can do that, then I think we've got a good opportunity to get three points in this game.
0: Now, we are still getting to learn our new manager, Jed Brannan's uh, style of play. Obviously, this will only be his fourth game in charge when we uh, play each other on Saturday. He's broadly like Derek Adams from what we can see, and that is you'll have the lion's share of the ball, soak up the pressure, counter-attack and with pace. Uh, so that is the way we score our goals. We try and hit you with speed and, and not, not route one by a long way, but uh, certainly fast and, and direct. Would that be a good tactic against your defence?
1: Um, I think it could cause problems. I think if they're not focused, if they're not switched on at the back, I think that we have the opportunity to potentially leak a couple of goals. But... I'm confident that we can share it up. I'm confident that we can share it up, especially on home turf as well. We've had a we've had a decent record at home, to be fair. So, I think it's one of them. It's one of them where I think we'll we'll be okay sharing it up at the back. I think we'll be confident enough to soak up the attacks from Morecambe and try and counter reverse it into uh, our own attacks and sort of that whole vice reverse versa kind of thing. Um, and I think the Donkster Rovers have got a good opportunity to win this game. I think this is, uh, you know, with Morecambe at the moment, uh, you know, under Derek Owens, I think you guys were great, but I think, you know, and I'm all for giving guys a chance. I think Jed Brannon's one of those managers that's got potential to be good and potential to be fantastic. Um, I think, in the back of my mind, it could be one of those things where it could be too soon uh, for Jed, and I think that he might end up paying the price for it down the line, but I really hope not, because I think Jed's a fantastic guy and I think he's got potential to be a great manager. Uh, I just think with the problems going on at Morecambe at the moment, I think that uh, it could just be one of those bridges too far uh, this season. Uh, but I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, morecambe got some fantastic players in that squad. Uh, it's just a case of what we do on a consistent basis. And, you know, I'd be generally intrigued to see what some of these players are going to do. Uh, you've got a very good young prospect in, in Mayer, um, who, for me, I think you know, he's got a lot of potential. So uh, I think he needs a lock in uh, sooner. Uh, he, he needs unlocking in again uh, uh, next. Uh, you know, if Walker want to get the win, he'll need a lock in. Um, but I don't know. I, it's a bit of a concerning one with Walker because I think they've got the potential to unlock us a few fair few times. They've got potential to get quite a few chances across. But if our goalkeeper turns up and our defence shows itself up and we've got the speed to counter reverse it and the pace on those channels to, to reverse it, then I would say that uh, we'll be all right in this game. But it all depends on how can, uh approach our style of play as well.
0: Interesting times ahead, Aaron. I think I'm, I am looking forward to the game. Always got a warm welcome at the keep motor or whatever the sponsor is in any particular <laughs> season. So and it's, it's a nice stadium to watch sporting action in as well, isn't it? Which I suppose part of the reason that you moved from Bellevue uh, in the first place. Uh, what will constitute a, a good season then for Doncaster Rovers? Um,
1: well, we progressed the extra round in the Carabao and the FA Um so we progressed that extra round, so we've made progression on that. I don't think that was probably our year for a cup run this year in those competitions, but I think with who we were drawn against, I could understand it. Um, obviously, we're still in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. People can complain about that trophy all they want, the under-21 teams, etc. but in my personal opinion, we won this trophy in 2007 and went with the Johnson's Paint Trophy against Bristol Rovers and Cardiff. Uh, we've got that history of winning it. So I'd like to see us go for it. And I think, you know, I think people around the club would like to go for it. Uh, So if we can go as far as we can in that, and then maybe look at a top 12, 13 finish in in League Two this year, somewhere around 12th to 14th. I'm not saying that's the be all and end all of what we can accomplish, but I think from where we were last season in the past couple of seasons, I think in the first year of a rebuild, it's a start. Uh, So I think try and get as high as we can in the league. Um, I'll accept... Uh, I, I can accept around the 12th, 13th mark. Uh, I think anything lower than 18th is obviously a failure of season, but uh, I think I'm going to go with, I'm gonna, at this stage, I'm going to go with a 12th place finish and a Bristol Street Trophy final at Wembley, potentially, uh, especially with who's left in the draw. So um, if we don't win that trophy, I think Bolton will probably win it again. But uh, I think if we can go as far as we can in that trophy and try and get into the top 12, 13 and lead to, I think that's... From where we were last year, a a, 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 a a satisfying finish.
0: Aaron, appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. Just before you go, you are very active on socials, of of course, uh, with lots of great content. And and tell us a bit, if you can, as well about Look Sports Media, one of the what's well, relatively new, isn't it? An, an online uh, sports uh, content creation. Uh, tell us everything we need to know about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously I have my own channel called Child Chats. Uh, we do loads of different sports videos, theme park videos. Uh, we've in fact, I'm reviewing the Bundesliga uh, as we're recording this. So, uh, so we're going to be we're we'll reviewing that game between Hoffenheim and Bochum uh, tonight. Um, now, we obviously, I do also represent Look Sports Media as well. Now, Look Sports Media, originally known as Lower League Look, uh, is all about the latest news uh, and podcasts and interviews surrounding uh, the Championship, League One, League Two, the National League. Um, we've done some wonderful content uh, over the past few weeks. We've done interviews with the likes of Andy Woodman, the Bromley manager, uh, Richie Wellins, of course, former Don Stereo player and manager. Uh, we've done interview with Pete Wild, the Byron manager, uh we've also we're um uh liam was also at uh, liam who's uh one of the heads of Look sports media has also gone to barrow to do a crossball challenge um uh, i'm not too sure whether that's up yet or not but i think it might be or, or around about the time it might be so um so yeah it looks fantastic I've, got, I've seen the trailer; it looks fantastic so really really proud to be part of a, a great group of people it's, we've got a, a lovely team around us full of hosts uh podcast hosts, presenters writers uh producers you know great group of people that's all you know connected to this one goal of trying to create an ultimate fl- fan platform uh and a fan created fan based platform for the fans by the fans where we give people a voice we allow them to express their opinions uh and we you know we go and we 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 go and cover loads of different clubs around uh around football um, so we do have the Look Sports Media Championship podcast, the Lead One podcast, Lead Two and the National League podcast as well. We have our Thursday night breakdown show as well on YouTube and, and on social media live uh, on Thursday evenings. So we do that every Thursday evening. Uh, we have a variety of different hosts switching around different platforms. So it's uh, it's a wonderful group and it's uh, it's only getting started.
0: And I suppose from, from the point of view of the fans, like you say, there's been this explosion, hasn't there, in the last a couple of years of of fans-driven online content creation. And that can, regardless of who you support, that can only be a good
1: thing. 100%. Uh, I know there's been a lot of criticism from mainstream media outlets towards uh, fan content on occasions. Um, What I would say on the situation is people are entitled to their opinions about fan content, football fan content, things like that. I'm not going to deny them of that. I think there's an opportunity here for people who I mean, could you imagine I mean, people that have started, you know, match day vlogs in their local local clubs and their stadiums and you know, people that start I mean, I started the the football content uh during lockdown and it was it was when the season got curtailed in nineteen twenty when we were finishing eighth in league one under Darren Moore. Um and that's when I started my content first and then it kind of just kind of took a a course uh, towards a certain direction and it became this kind of uh, mad, mad piece of content where if I get angry at a decision, I will spout some random, random things that get clipped up out of context and it will get viewed by thousands. So I, I can't actually believe the position I'm in at the moment. But, um, but yeah, in terms of fan content, I think it's very, very important because it allows People who have sat in the stands and watched the game with their dads and their mums and their daughter, you know, people's, you know, sons, daughters, girlfriends, boyfriends, grandparents, you know, people from family and friendship circles all come together to watch these games. And now these people are getting an opportunity to go onto mainstream media platforms, host shows, uh, and still run their own content on the side. So. There's an opportunity there to allow these partnerships and these kind of growth to expand. Um, you know, I remember when I interviewed Robbie from ATV, uh, and I interviewed Craig from Anfield Agenda, and I spoke to various uh, press like Talk Sport 2 I did an interview with the Evening Sport, um, and there's different, numerous people within media that I've spoken to, and, I'm, and I've loved the opportunity to be a part of that. And you know, I think it only gets bigger and better from here. And I think there's an opportunity for fans to become part of platforms and become part of the content. So I'm I'm all for you know mainstream media working with with fan content. I've worked numerous times with BBC Radio. Uh, I was on BBC News in January about roller coaster stuff. So you know, working with these guys and the opportunity to create these network of connections and these partnerships, while still loving your club and still loving the game and still loving covering the game. Uh, whether it's by Match Reports or Match Day Vlogs, um, I think it's only going to get bigger from here. And I think there's an opportunity to allow these people into the into the mainstream circle uh, alongside their own content.
0: Well, long may that continue because uh, the content is great and I think the fans, like you say, the fans lap it up, don't they? And, and, and the more content, the better as far as I'm concerned. I think that's exactly what it's all about. Aaron, thank you so much. I've kept you far longer than I said I would. So sorry about that, but uh, all good stuff and uh, good luck for the season after Saturday, of course. Aren't you? You're going to be absolutely fine. I think you are going to end up in mid-table there or thereabouts perhaps and a good cup run too, maybe a Wembley appearance. You never know. Uh, so all the best, mate, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again uh, later on in the season.
1: Thank you very much and shout out to all the more sports and good luck for the rest of the season.
0: Thanks, mate. Speak to you next time. Cheers.
1: Thank you. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.